Today, our guest is Sufiwe Moya. Sufiwe is a Chief People Officer, Global Speaker and Business School faculty member, specializing in organizational behavior. He's the founder and CEO of Paradigm People Solutions that help organizations improve performance through their people. Today, I talked to Sufiwe about his new book, Your Next Move, Career Strategies to Survive and Thrive During COVID-19 and Beyond. Enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Business Bookshelf podcast. I'm your host, Lance Pepler. Like you, I'm a lifetime learner and find books one of the best ways to do this. The purpose of this podcast, then, is to interview authors of new business books, get insights into their thinking, lives, and businesses, all in a light, friendly manner. As I said in the introduction, I'm speaking to Zafira Moya about his new book, Your Next Move, Career Strategies to Survive and Thrive During COVID-19 and Beyond. With a mix of sound scholarship, practical HR experience, humor, and storytelling, Zafira presents 50 Career Strategies to Survive and Thrive During COVID-19 and Beyond. Welcome to the podcast, Safiwe. Thank you so much for having me, Lance. Really appreciate it. It's fantastic having you. So, Safiwe, where am I speaking to you from today? You are speaking to me from a very sunny, beautiful, warm Johannesburg, South Africa, Lance. And, and thanks again for having me. I love speaking to people from my own country. And I'm also sweltering up here in Johannesburg. Now, Sophia, my get-to-know-the-guest question so people can know a little bit more about you um, is, you know, what's special about Johannesburg? If, if someone flew in from overseas, where would you take that person to go and explore your favorite places and things to do in Johannesburg? I, I think I would, I, would, I, would take, I would take them to the place of my birth, the famous Soweto and probably to the even more famous Villagas Street in, in, in Orlando, Soweto, um, for some indigenous food, dance, and ultimately probably a visit to former President Nelson Mandela's and Archbishop Desmond Tutu's house, which are both located in that street. And the food in that street is absolutely amazing. Sifiwe, could you give us a brief overview of your career? Yeah, I, I still regard myself as a corporate guy. So I spent most of my time in corporate. And when I was in corporate, I was working in the human resources development space. So I, I have a career spanning about two decades in, in human resources development, mainly in the banking sector. So I'm quite entrenched in the banking sector. Um, we have the so-called top five banks in South Africa, um, which was top four until a few years ago, until uh, one Capitec just climbed and climbed mm. and climbed. Um, out of those, I've worked for three. Uh, so oh. I've spent most of my time in the banks. I've spent um, a considerable amount of time in the engineering sector as well. But uh, definitely, if I think long and hard, um, the banks would probably be the, the place that I've spent most of my time in. Mm. And then did you leave that to start you know, your own businesses like Paradigm, People Solutions, et cetera? Yes, uh, I, I, left, I left the bank to establish Paradigm People Solutions in 2013 and, and also to speak professionally. So in fact, that was my second go at it and hopefully the last. Um, <laughs> The first time I actually left to start my, my own business was 
in 2008 and and just just when i was um getting used to the printer and being both the IT person and the T person and everything <laughs> with the global financial crisis. Um, I remember hearing that the Lehman Brothers had collapsed and here's the global financial crisis and business just went south. Mm. And, and credit to me, I, I, I just went back to look for a job. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to see this through. Uh, it's probably going to take a while to 10. And in my view, it wasn't going to be a V-shaped recovery at all. It was going to be quite a protracted recovery. Mm. And, and so I went to look for a job. And, and then I left again in 2013. Hmm. And, and this time permanently. And I, I yes. did the same thing as you. And I, I left my corporate job in February, which was terrible timing <laughs> during the pandemic. <laughs> Ouch. And Sifiwe, Sifiwe, we're talking about your new book, um, which is very pertinent for today, your your next move, Career Strategies to Survive and Thrive During COVID-19 and Beyond. So could you tell us why did you write that book, the the process of writing it and and a brief, you know, and an overview of it? So I have the the romanticized version of this answer and the the real version. Which one do you want? (laughs) I would like both, actually. Um, so the, the, the first uh, unfiltered version is that um, March 2020, the president uh, of South Africa announces a lockdown mm. and email after email after email cancels all of my events. I, I generally do a lot of speaking and facilitation and I get all these emails canceling every event that I was about to participate in. So I'm sitting there, um, I'm panicking, I'm twiddling my thumbs. The first two weeks, um, I am in shock, I'm in denial, but immediately after the first two weeks, I'm like, what can I do with my time? Is, is there anything I can do? Uh, let, me ju- let me just write a book. Mm. So, so, so that's how that happened. But obviously then there is a, a broader uh, reason for it because I was obviously battling with coping with COVID and, and I thought, uh, as I thought long and hard about some of the strategies that I could employ, uh, and then I thought maybe there's other people who are in the same boat who could benefit from them. And, and it's a very common thing, because almost everyone I speak to went through that trauma, you know, in February and March, anywhere in the world. And they've got, went through the same cycle as you did, you know, the grief cycle, um, and then sure. you went, you came through it faster than a lot of other people actually. And so then you put your plans into action and you wrote the book. Um, yeah, absolutely. So can you tell us a few, uh, there's lots and lots of career strategies that you have in the book. Could you take us through a, f- a couple of them and I'll ask you about specific ones later, but what ones are really pertinent that you, you think would apply to people even today as they read your book? I think the first one is for us um, is is what I call limping along, starting with uh, the obvious, right? The, and the obvious one is to think about the digitized version of whatever you do. And, and obviously, people talk a lot about the fact that the digital transformation that was not really brought by, by COVID, but it was just accelerated by it. Yeah. And, and many of us just took a while to to find ourselves in the digital space. We have an opportunity now to just find 
the digital version of what you do and pursue it relentlessly. One of the things that I, I think many people are struggling with, they're still in that tentative mindset, Lance, that says, uh, let me just do whatever I can do so that we go back to uh, the way things were. But uh, it, it looks like the seismic changes that we saw uh, are going to stay with us for a while. So you have to pursue digital. You just don't have a choice. Um, so I think, I think that, that's where I would start. Pursue a digital strategy and just look at the, mo- the digitized version of whatever you actually do. Yes, and everybody's doing that. So the people that I've spoken to also are converting their, you know, their in-person and the, the way they did their facilitation in the past and now it's digital. But it's quite a crowded market. So you, I, I guess you've still got to stand out in this you know, ever-increasing digital market that's now global in a way. So you, know, you here in South Africa can cater for everybody, but unfortunately everyone else can cater for South Africans as well. That's quite a, quite a crowded market now, the digital area. So true. And, and that's, why, that's why I call that strategy just survival, right? It's mm. the basics. Without it, you don't even have a foot in the door, but it cannot be the only thing you do. It just cannot be. Um, immediately after doing that, you then have to you know, think very carefully about what, what value are you actually adding? You know, um, I, I call that one a, a painkiller pain strategy. You know, when I, when I started my business, one of the concepts I bumped into is a concept of whether you need to ask yourself whether in the eyes of your customers, are you a, a vitamin or as they say, vitamin in, in the US, are you a vitamin <laughs> or a painkiller? Uh, because it becomes very obvious that you don't really need a vitamin every day, particularly in times of crisis, but you would employ anybody who is a painkiller, right? If you have a headache now, it does not matter how broke you are, you're probably going to get a, a, a pill to be yeah. able to, to get rid of that headache. So you need to then, immediately after digitizing, uh, you then need to reflect very carefully about the actual value that you bring because it's becoming very clear that the only people that will survive beyond the the pandemic are people who've asked themselves deep contemplative questions about the actual value that they bring, whether in business or in your corporate career. Mm, mm, That's so true. And and that's what I go through, you know, almost every week in my entrepreneur business that I've got is how to add value, what to do, how to position myself so that I am adding value. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to ask you uh, specifically. Sure. A low-risk diversification strategy, what do you mean by that? Uh, and you, you mentioned it in the book. What is a low-risk diversification strategy? So, so I think one of, one of the things that will happen for all of us is that we are going to realize that a resilient career is, is a diversified career, right? Um, uh, career resilience as opposed to career vulnerability is, um, is, is when you have a career with, with a few other things that you do, you have diversified revenue streams and so on and so forth. And many people have been speaking about this. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I'm noticing is that you also need to make sure you diversify in an area that makes sense. Right, a low risk diversification strategy means number one, a strategy that does not take away from your core business. Yeah. You know, um, in South Africa, the most diversified company on the JSE by far is the Bitvest Group. You know, and and I remember, you know, just reading about um, the founder of Bitvest. 
Brian Joffe, I think, I think he yeah, is. Brian and, and and that business was so diversified, which was doing kind of well. But when Brian Joffe left, Lance was the incoming CEO, and now I think Mandy Sai has just taken over. They they had to step back wow. and say. Let's just make sure that even the way we diversify, it makes sense, that it doesn't take away from our core business, that it doesn't take away uh, our focus too much, that it doesn't um, weaken our brand. You still want to have something that makes sense when people think Piwe, what should they be thinking about? Mm -hmm. So you need to diversify. I think it's what they call focused diversification, Uh, a a diversification strategy that is not going to erode value from what yeah. you actually do. I listened to an interview by The Rock, actually, Dwayne Johnson. And he, he, was, <laughs> <laughs> he was saying that you should have like 10 different things that you're interested in and investing in as an entrepreneur. Because then, you know, if five come off or eight come off, then you're doing really well. But if you put all your eggs in one basket or two baskets, then maybe you're asking for trouble. But I really agree with you. The, the side hustle thing, um, if you, you know, in a corporate job and you want to diversify a little bit so that if you, you know, you get retrenched or let go, that you've got something to fall back on. How do you see that working and, and how much energy should you put in a side hustle? That's a very interesting question. You know, in, 20, in 2019, before, um, before even the pandemic, one of my uh, employers, the Henley Business School, had actually published a study that found interesting things about the side hustle. Mm. Uh, Contrary to what we think, they found that, you know, when employers allow somebody to have a side hustle, uh, their productivity actually increased, their net productivity actually increased in their their main hustle. And the reasons are simple because when people feel like, oh, okay, I'm being given a chance here, and so I need to reward my employer by working harder and harder and harder. So uh, many employers before the pandemic would not even think about allowing people to do side hustles. But we are seeing a trend where employers are starting to open up, are starting to listen to people wanting that. From, from a person who has a full-time job, though, what you really need to understand is that if something is a side hustle, uh, just just exactly like the low risk diversification strategy is, you just need to remember to keep the main thing the main thing, right? Uh, <laughs> because yeah. if you're no longer performing there, then you're gonna have uh, serious troubles. Um, but otherwise, employers are starting to open up. In fact, some of the employers, because they realize that they have to reduce the wage bill. And they want to avoid retrenchments or what we call Section 189 in South Africa. And so they have to think about alternatives to this retrenchment. And so one of the things that they try and do is to to have somebody work a reduced day week and then allow them to do something, go sell their skills somewhere, which is almost like a hybrid contract that is emerging. Because before COVID-19 in South Africa, you had to choose whether you're an independent contractor and an employee. And that line is becoming blurry. That's really interesting. Thank you. Uh, Something on a side tangent now, uh, getting onto the next thing, is something that I've battled with as a solopreneur and something you've added in your book is, and I said, demonstrating value. But I always think I'm being annoying because, you know, it's important to me that I get, you know, my, my attention from the person that I'm trying to add value to but I, I noticed that there's a section in your book saying how to demonstrate value without being annoying, which is, I think is very interesting. <laughs> so how do you do that? 
Yeah, so as a, as a business person, I had to go through that because one of the things that we all did when COVID-19 hit, we tried to reach out to our clients and and we wrote emails after emails, kind of like, hey, I'm still alive. Even if you had to pretend it was an article, but what you're really trying to tell them is that you're still here. And, and, and I so many of my corporate clients and corporate friends in particular told me that what they did in that first few weeks of COVID, they just unsubscribed in so many databases because what was coming through from us entrepreneurs was just panic, right? Yeah. Um, we, we were not adding value. We, were, we, we didn't take genuine interest. So one of the things you do when you demonstrate value without being annoying is that you, you take genuine interest in what is happening uh, in your clients' lives and, and you really want to help mm. um, and you genuinely want to help. And, and we are not trying to strike an angle to sell. We are not uh, trying to upsell or whatever. You just care. You're just like, how are you? Um, how can I be of assistance in any way uh, possible? And I think when you when you do that from a genuine place, they can sense it. And 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 once we are all through this, they will be just flooding back to you. But I think many of us were driven more by fear instead of just the desire to add value. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Uh, the next thing is around growth mindset, which I try and do as much as possible to expand to, you know, to look what's out there. Do you have any suggestions on how to develop a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset, which is vital for today? It is absolutely vital. And for those who don't even know the difference, the work by psychologist Carol Dweck, which differentiated between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, was mind-blowing when I first uh, learned, learned of it. So a fixed mindset is obviously believing that your quality, your qualities or capabilities are cast in stone, while a growth mindset is the belief that your basic qualities are things that you can cultivate through your own efforts, right? And, and it's becoming very, very critical. And I think uh, in order to develop a growth mindset, there's a few things that we need to remind ourselves. Just firstly, understanding that your brain is like a muscle. It can actually really be trained. You know, um, yes, we panic about a little bit because we really don't like change, but it can be changed. And and so if you constantly seek out challenging tasks to develop this muscle, it just continues to grow. And and one of the best things that I, I try and do is sometimes you need to say yes uh, and, and Google late <laughs> and uh, <laughs> or at least or at least find some risk mitigating strategies after you've said yes, because then you can call a friend, then you can call a mentor, then you can call a coach. But even that uh, ability to just say yes uh, when you are asked, it really, really helps. Um, and and also just getting used to experimenting. Many of us just don't experiment enough. Um, you know, we used to have a phrase in South Africa called just mark a plan, which means be, be resourceful. Um, and we've forgotten that. And how you stimulate a growth mindset is just use whatever you have. Be resourceful, experiment, explore. And, and when you do that, you'll be surprised at how that will come back to you very easily. I totally agree. Uh, one of the, the best things for me with the growth mindset is actually this podcast because I speak to people like you. And then sure. I read, you know, read your books and I, uh, you know, you know, hear what you have to say. And then I'm lucky enough to, you know, listen to the podcast again when I'm editing it. 
And that really adds to my growth mindset. It's just listening to podcasts and listening to my own podcast. And <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to ask you about your book, Sophie, is, and I mentioned it earlier about the global elements, that it's both a huge, huge opportunity and a threat at the same time. And, but it's more of an opportunity because now we can contact anybody from our room using Zoom, et cetera. And we can do a website, very low cost, that just yes. has a global impact, et cetera. Do you have any suggestions on going global? Is it a good idea? And, and any suggestions on how to do it, perhaps? Oh, absolutely. I think it's, it is a silver, a silver lining of this pandemic because you can literally work around the world. Um, and I think what, what's going to happen um, with, with regards to that is that uh, people who work a lot at defining um, and understanding the value that they bring, they're really going to explode because suddenly you don't need a visa uh, to speak anywhere in the world, right? And, and, and it's, it's, it's going to happen. The more you refine, um, the more you, you add value and so on, you're going to, to, to do well. But on a practical side, there's also some really interesting tools to work around the world. If you're in the creative industries, if you're a freelancer, um, many people are, many people are, are familiar with Fiverr, but there's other, other nice platforms, platforms like Upwork, you know, with a broad range of services mm. and a longstanding reputation. There's Guru, uh, there's People Per Hour, there's Father. another platform called Freelancer, mm. you know, uh, and the famous one, Fiverr. And, and, and suddenly, um, if you work hard at making sure that your work stands out, you can list in those services and you can start building a global footprint of, of clients. Um, so it's one of those it's one of those things that are interesting because I think post the post the pandemic, uh, we are going to have people who just explode, who are going to have uh, what we call post traumatic growth, right? And then some people are just going to disappear. Their businesses will literally not survive. And each and every one of us have to decide um, which ones are we going to be. Sure. Um, yeah, so that's amazing. So, Sophia, thank you so much. And uh, I'll mention the book at the end, but people need to read it to, to look at all the different other you know, 50 career strategies that you have in the book. And the book's called Your Next Move, Career Strategies to Survive and Thrive During COVID-19 and Beyond. But, Sophia, what are you busy with at the moment? Um, you know, when you're not writing this wonderful books that you do, uh, what keeps you busy at the moment? So I'm doing a lot of teaching. Um, as you know, I teach at a at, at, uh, few business schools and at the Stellenbosch University. I'm doing a lot of teaching these days. I'm doing uh, some speaking as well, conference speaking, which is also my main thing that I do. But I'm also trying to reimagine my business. I'm also hmm. still in that contemplative state. I, and I just don't wanna rush it. I, I wanna sit it through. I wanna make sure that I come out of this as well with something with real refined value. So, so that's what I'm, I'm busy with. There's some things that I'm still doing in terms of the speaking and teaching, but I'm also quite jealous about having some contemplative time to reimagine this business. Mm-hmm. And this, your speaking topics that that people can you know can use you for what what do you, what are your topics that you speak on? 
Oh, so, so I'm an organizational behaviorist. So when I teach, I teach organizational behavior. And the way I categorize my, 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 my research, uh, my study, and even my speaking is in three levels. So from, from an individual point of view, uh, from a group point of view, and from an organizational point of view. So I, I literally have targeted things to the individual, to the group, and to the organization. So from an individual point of view, I, I talk a lot about career development, and hence this book, Your Next Move, Career Strategies. And, and I also speak a lot about hope, optimism, and resilience, uh, which stay in that employee motivation space and just taking responsibility and accountability. Um, just you know, challenging people to, that you own your career, you own your life. No one else is coming to, to your rescue. So that's the individual space. On the group space, I do a lot of uh, team facilitation. So team uh. effectiveness, uh, resolving things like conflict, uh, within the teams, just ensuring that teams work uh, better and better. So I do a, a bit of that. And then on the, on the organizational space, I do um, organizational culture work and organizational change. Uh, what is the best um, way that people can find out all these things that you do? Is, is there a website or should people look you up on LinkedIn? Or what's the best source of information about Sifiwe? So my, my, my website uh, is the best and uh, my website is literally my name, my, my surname.co.za. So it's www.sipihiwemoyo.co.za, and, and you can also email me at cpwe uh, at cpwemoyo.co.za. I'll have all of those details in the show notes um, when they go out, Sifiwe. But I, I'm looking at your website now. Um, and you've got clients and testimonials and you've got blogs and the blogs are really quite active. So, you know, recently you've, yes. you've written blogs on there, et cetera. And so quite a lot of information if people go to supiwedmoyo.co.za and you're speaking and your facilitation and all the details on there, which is sure. great. Um, and then also on LinkedIn, which I connected with you. So thank you so much for doing that. And so thank you oh, yeah. very much, Sophia, for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. And well done on the book, Your Next Move, Career Strategies to Survive and Thrive During COVID-19 and Beyond. And I hope this interview has given, have given people a taste about what the book contains and that they will go to all the different retails and Amazon and that to buy it and, and look at the other strategies and, and the other contents that you have. Thanks for having me, Lance. So, I hope you, the listener, have found this as interesting and useful as I did. If you'd like to contact me, then please do, and I'll have all of Sophia's details in the show notes. My email is lance at ideastorm.co.za, and my website is www.ideastorm.co.za. So until next time, goodbye, everyone. Stay well and stay safe.